Hi, true crime fans. You're tuning into Coffee, Murder, and Mystery, a true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mystery, and the supernatural. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Melissa. And this episode is going to be a little bit different than the ones we've done in the past. It's kind of supernatural-ish and has some missing persons, some local lore, just some things that I thought were kind of interesting, kind of mysterious. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm just going to assume that you have seen those maps that have been going around on social media for quite some time now. They're maps of missing persons versus U.S. cave systems. And if you haven't seen these maps, you can go to our Twitter, our Instagram, or our Podbeam webpage and take a quick look. But in case you don't want to do that, it's like two maps of the United States, one on top of the other. And the top one supposedly shows cases of missing people that vanished under mysterious circumstances. And the bottom map shows a map of U.S. cave systems. I've been seeing these maps go around on social media for quite some time, and they are really interesting. They really do look like they correspond. I was really intrigued, and I decided to look into it a little bit more. But what I found was kind of disappointing from like an armchair sleuth perspective. The legends on the map are not readable because they are very small. So from what I've been seeing everywhere, it seems that the black dots on the top map are actually not missing people, which is what you would assume when you're looking at these two maps. They are actually maps that correspond with the cave systems below. The orange dots are missing people markers, these missing people that went missing under suspicious circumstances. But we don't know the actual criteria that was used by the person that created these maps. We don't know what criteria they used to define suspicious circumstances. Another problem with these maps is that they're kind of deceiving. The maps are really small. I mean, this is a social media meme, and they are of the entire United States. If you were to actually blow these maps up, and look at the orange dots versus the cave system markers. Some of them may correspond, but others would be kind of far away. I mean, really far away. It would not appear to correspond as well at all. Even though I think this map is really incomplete, there's a side to me that thinks whomever made this map could be onto something. I mean, there's so many cases of people that went missing under mysterious circumstances in the United States. According to FBI.gov, as of December 31st, 2019, there were 87,500 active missing person cases. Would it really be so hard to believe that there are unexplored places that these people could be taken to? Or possibly even go to willingly? According to the U.S. Geological Survey, there is believed to be 17,000 undiscovered caves in the U.S. alone. Mammoth Cave, for instance, is the biggest cave system in the world. 365 miles of this cave have been explored, but they believe there is potential for 600 more miles of cave exploration. This means that less than half of the largest cave system in the United States, in the world, 
has been explored. And actually, according to scientists, 65% of the entire world remains unexplored. Based on those statistics, I really don't think it's so far-fetched to think that we do not know everything that is down there. After all, didn't people once insist the world was flat? In the early 1900s, G.E. Kincaid claimed to be employed by the Smithsonian Institute. And during his journey down the Colorado River, he found an entrance into the Grand Canyon and decided to explore it. He claimed to have found an underground citadel filled with hundreds of chambers that he described to kind of go outwards like spokes on a wheel. He stated that it was filled with ancient Egyptian artifacts like mummies and copper. In the citadel, there was a cross hall where he found a Buddha-like idol. The idol sat cross-legged with flowers in each hand. But after his journey, a crew was sent to confirm the existence of what he had found. But it was said that they found nothing. Strangely enough, the government then took over that part of the land and declared it off-limits. Some people believe they know where this cave entrance lies and that there's a lone soldier guarding it, carrying an M-16. There's many conspiracy theories linked to this cave, and a man named David Icke even connected the caves to reptilian overlords. Now, I think reptilian overlords is a bit of a stretch, but in Brazil, there's an area that is still so undiscovered undeveloped that there are at least 14 tribes of people that are untouched by the world you and me know. Just three years ago in 2018, there was a cave with a huge gaping mouth discovered in Canada. They informally named this cave the Sarlacc Pit due to its gaping mouth. It was found from an aerial view and scientists couldn't believe that it had been undiscovered for all of these years. The mouth of this cave is 328 by 197 feet wide, or 100 meters by 60 meters for our international listeners. A construction crew once found 70 vaults hidden underground in San Jose, California, just sitting there untouched for who knows how many years and just randomly unearthed by a construction crew. During my research, I also found that there is a whole underground city below Las Vegas. After watching some videos from living in the tunnels of Las Vegas, I really thought, how many missing people could be missing by choice, just living underground? These people are called mole people. It sounds like they're all there for one reason or another addiction, mental illness, homelessness, but it is an entire community. And it is not a place that you or I would most likely want to end up. It's a dangerous place where drugs and guns are people's most valued possessions. When we were watching these videos, they were really intriguing. You should definitely go watch them if you have a chance. They were talking about how the meth addicts live in one tunnel, the heroin addicts live in another tunnel, and they don't get along. You know, they have their little cliques and their little communities within this community, and they don't cross each other's paths. Two men once claimed that they were at the foot of Mount Lesson when they found the entrance to a deep cave and entered. After following it for a mile or two, they met three strangers who asked them about 
the service people. The men claimed to have rode on a hovercraft with these strangers. Brazil in particular has so many stories that point to underworld cities. Two men once claimed that they spent five days in an underground city in Brazil that had about 50 residents. The same two explorers claimed that they saw UFOs flying in and out of an entrance to a cave. And in Kentucky, there have been reports of small aliens or goblin-like creatures coming out of caves or mine entrances dating back to the 1950s. At one point, there was claims of them attacking residents in a farmhouse. There's actually a whole series on it. If you look it up on YouTube, it's called Hellier. There are mysterious disappearances that people suspect could be linked to caves and mines as well. Stephen Kabaki went missing in 1978 from Lake Michigan. They were able to locate his belongings on the beach, but strangely, his footprints just seemed to stop. Fifteen months later, he walked up to his father's door, claiming that he didn't really remember anything from the time he went missing until he woke up. He woke up in a field in Pittsfield, Michigan, which was 40 miles from his father's home and 700 miles away from Lake Michigan. He was wearing clothing that was not his, and he had a bag of maps that he did not recognize. Some believe that Stephen fell victim to the Lake Michigan Triangle. Stephen went on to get a PhD in psychology. An anonymous woman wrote in to Missing 411 to tell her story. She was with her husband and two sons in the Smoky Mountains exploring for the day when one of her sons fell ill. He had a history of migraines and seizures, so she headed back to the car with him. Since the car was a ways away, the boy was heavy and they stopped to rest on the edge of the woods when she noticed that everything was exceptionally still. After what seemed to be a few minutes, she took her son and they headed back to the car. When they arrived at the car, her son and husband were running up to her and yelling, we found her, here she is, and she was informed that they had been searching for them for three hours. She nor her son had any memory of this time. And she later updated her missing 411 correspondence to state that her son was seizure and migraine free after this incident. In 1897, six-year-old Lillian Carney was a blueberry picking with her parents at Mullen Bog in Macedaris, Maine on a cloudy day when all of a sudden she was gone. A search party was organized fast. I mean, this girl is six years old fast. This was an area full of dense forests and lakes, and she wasn't found until 46 hours later, between two to three miles away from the bog where they had been picking blueberries. When she was asked about what happened to her, she said, the sun shined all the time in the woods. She also claimed to have seen little things about the size of her cat, but she was able to shoo them away. And no one knows where the girl went during this time. Investigators found her claims of the bright light or sun shining to be very interesting considering Lillian was in the dense forest on cloudy overcast days. In 2010, a three-year-old boy known only as John Doe went missing near Mount Shasta. Family members were camping nearby and said he was there one minute and gone the next. They searched the area but found no sign of the boy. 
Five hours later, they found him laying in a grassy area that they had already searched. But when they asked the boy what had happened to him, he claimed that he had followed his grandmother into a cave. But once he was inside, he realized it wasn't his grandmother at all. The cave room was full of dusty purses and guns. It was dark and full of spiders. He said she reminded him of a robot. A light started radiating from her head, and this is when he realized it was not his grandmother. She demanded that he poop on a piece of sticky paper on the floor, and when he said he couldn't, she was angry, eventually taking him out of the cave and leaving him in the grassy spot and telling him to wait for help. Now, granted, those two last stories were taken from a six-year-old and a three-year-old, so they have to be taken with a grain of salt. But what happened to these children during the time they were gone? I mean, no one knows. There's literally no explanation for their whereabouts. I also want to be clear that I am not insinuating that any of what I had said previously has anything to do with the disappearance of Kenny Beach. Only that we don't know what happened to Kenny Beach. And I found this story when going through my research and thought it was really notable. Kenny Beach was an experienced hiker. He claimed that he would go into every cave that he found, except one. Kenny claimed in 2014 that he had found a cave with an M-shaped entrance. He found it while taking a hike, but he didn't dare go inside. Using the screen name Snakebite McGee, Kenny posted a comment on a video of Son of an Area 51 Technician's video. Quote, That ain't nothing. I am a long-distance hiker. One time during one of my hikes out by Nellis Air Force Base, I found a hidden cave. The entrance to the cave was shaped like a perfect capital M. I always enter every cave I find. But as I began to enter this particular cave, my whole body began to vibrate. The closer I got to the cave entrance, the worse the vibrating became. Suddenly, I became very scared and hightailed it out of there. That was one of the strangest things that ever happened to me. Kenny's comments set stage for a series of comments, urging Kenny to return to the M-shaped cave and record what he found. And Kenny did. Only this time, Kenny was unable to find the cave and seemed very confused. And you can look this up on YouTube and actually watch the video of him looking for the cave. Commenters were not satisfied and critically urged Kenny to look for this cave a third time, except one. Just one comment out of the bunch that read like this. Quote, no, don't go back there. If you find that cave entrance, don't go in, you won't get out. Just to show Kenny's love for adventure, I wanted to read a few more posts made by Kenny. I solo hike across mountaintops that most people wouldn't dare go. I have been in more caves than I can count. I play with rattlesnakes for fun, but this one particular cave was so beyond anything I had ever encountered. In another comment, he added, I have been doing this sort of thing for over 20 years. I go where no one goes, and I never take anyone with me. I find skulls of all shapes and sizes, and occasionally I find really old animal traps. I hike over mountaintop after mountaintop and sleep on peaks under the stars. 
Sometimes I have to scale giant cliffs to get myself out of a jam, but I always make it back. I'm beat up and tired. My pack is almost always heavier than when I left. I had to be rescued only one time by a helicopter. I had blown out my left leg at the top of the mountain, and I only had a cup of water left to get me 20 miles back to my truck. It was also over 100 degrees out, so I have a very good safety record. So armed with a 9mm, Kenny set off to the Mojave Desert in search for the cave that he didn't dare enter the first time around. But when Kenny set off that day, it was the last time that he would be seen. The only evidence to his whereabouts would be his cell phone found sitting on a rock. No other signs of Kenny. There is a YouTuber named Liberia Sean who went out searching for the M cave that Kenny was looking for, trying to find what happened to Kenny. And although Liberia Sean didn't successfully find the opening to the M cave, he did find a spot that kind of looks like other rocks were placed there in order to cover up an M-shaped entrance to a cave. I watched this video myself and I have to admit it does seem a little bit bizarre. I mean, nothing substantial without further investigation, but he does make some really great points when he's talking about the rocks covering the cave opening. They don't match each other in color. They kind of look like they might have taken, been taken from other places on the mountain and placed there purposely. And what about that ominous comment left by that YouTube poster? No, don't go back there. If you find that cave entrance, don't go in. You won't get out. Seems really strange. Kenny's girlfriend does have a different opinion, and she did make a post to try to clear things up for everybody. And here's what she has to say. Quote, I am the girlfriend that Kenny spoke of in the video. There are so many posts. I had no idea until a friend let me know. So many people are wondering what happened and guessing different things. You are heartfelt about the sadness around what has happened with Kenny. He has not been found, and I feel that he probably will not be for many, many months, if ever. I want to share what I know and feel about what happened, so that you might bring some closure and understanding in your own lives. Kenny absolutely loved hiking in the desert. It was his very, very favorite thing to do. We hiked and camped together all over the Nevada desert, sometimes nine hours a day. We found many abandoned mining towns, usually referred to as ghost towns by Nevada hikers. We explored many caves and mine shafts. We were always careful how we explored them, but Kenny was a bit more daring than I was. We wore snake guards, sun-protected clothing, used walking sticks, brought enough water and food for the hiking hours, and had extra water food in the car. I want you to know that I do not think Kenny had an accident. I believe he committed suicide. He battled depression for many, many years and would not take medication or see a doctor. He quit his job a little more than a year before he disappeared. The search for him was started within a couple of days from my call. Over 30 search and rescue team members searched three different times on foot. One helicopter flyover was done and there was no trace of Kenny or any of his camping things. They found his car in the area that I told them it would be. 
they did find his cell phone by the mining shaft in the video. The mining shaft was only about a four-hour hike from his car. It is my feeling that he left it behind so he could not be tracked from the GPS on it. He also did not take his video camera with him on the solo hike. It was left in his home, so he had no intention of filming anything. I share this with you for two reasons. First, so that you have more of an understanding of who Kenny was and to bring some peace or understanding to the situation. Secondly, if any of you decide to go out into our desert and look for him or the M cave, be careful and bring enough water and food. Walking sticks are a good idea and not doing a solo hike. Bring a GPS and make sure that you have let family and friends know that you are heading out for the hike. You would be repeating much of the same hike, just getting up the mountain and then be left with not many hours in the day to do the search. You would need two or three days at a time, and in the summer or even late spring, this cannot be done because of the heat of our desert. You would not be able to carry enough water, so please, please be careful. I had many wonderful experiences with Kenny and will always remember them and have a place of love in my heart for him and the wonderful things we did together. I am healing from my loss and look forward to new experiences with desert hiking, camping, and taking beautiful pictures of our desert. Enjoy your adventures of life and thank you for all the loving comments sent my way. In her comment, she did mention a mine shaft that was near the place where Kenny's cell phone was found on the rock. But investigators did look at this mine shaft and they said it was very undisturbed. They do not believe at all that Kenny entered that mine shaft. I've also read from multiple sources that Kenny often didn't take enough supplies with him to last longer than he needed to be gone. But according to his girlfriend's comments, it seemed that they were always pretty decently prepared. Is it possible that Kenny committed suicide? It's absolutely possible. It's also possible that Kenny met with foul play out in the desert or didn't have enough supplies and died of the elements or found the entrance to a cave and entered it, possibly even the M-shaped cave, and never returned from it. Could it be that missing people are ending up underground or in mine shafts or in caves? Or that there could be creatures of unknown origin possibly extraterrestrial, or even UFO bases in caves or mountains or mines. And what about government experiments? Wouldn't that be a great place to hide those? And Kenny's disappearance was close to an Air Force base in the Nevada desert. Do I believe these things? I would need a lot more evidence before I would believe these things, but I don't believe any of them are impossible. I don't think that we'll know the answers to these questions until all these places are explored decades from now. And that concludes our episode for today. You can find us on Instagram at Coffee Murder and Mystery. You can find us on Twitter at Coffee Murder underscore. You can follow us on Facebook. And you can email us at our Gmail, coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. If you liked our episode, please give us a five-star rating. It really helps with visibility of our podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Remember, evil people are everywhere. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Coffee, Murder, and Mystery.